Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the number is 82 Designs, 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82 Designs, at F-O-U-R, 82 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, Go to four82designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's light years better than our first one. Also, like, divide the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Combat Cast. It's UFC 281 weekend. It's the man they call Dave and Chevaruni. And we are going to uh, talk about this week's uh, upcoming pay-per-view that we're both excited about. But before we do... Here's the intro. Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. Chevy, we are back. Hey, man, I'm I'm really excited about this weekend. I almost <laughs> want to jump the gun, but tell everybody else what we got coming up. All right, November 19th, we're going to be previewing UFC Fight Night Lewis versus Spivak. And then November 26th, uh, there's no UFC, so we'll be previewing the 2022 PFL Championships. And then mm-hmm. we'll be moving on to December 3rd, UFC Fight Night Thompson versus Holland. Great matchup. Thompson versus Holland, yeah. Holland out of early retirement. He's back, baby. Yeah, <laughs> short, short retirement. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, let's just, uh, before we even, uh, I noticed some new stuff we want to talk to you about. Let's recap this past weekend's fights a little bit. And I think uh, one of the news uh, stories is going to pertain to one of these fights, so we can address that then. Okay, so and 
just go over the couple prelim fights early on. Pollyanna Viana had a tremendous combination in her fight against Jin Yu Fry. Got the win. And then Benito Lopez, he missed weight and still got dismantled by Bar- uh, Mario <laughs> Batista in the first round. You don't see that too often where a fighter misses weight and then ends up be the one to lose. Um, yeah. He hadn't been in there for a long time, so ring rest might have been an issue. But also, Mario's just great, I think. Record number of fighters miss weight for this car, too. So, Right. I believe it ended up being four. Um, originally, okay. it was five, but one of one of the fighters cut all their hair off to make weight on the second attempt. So, Bless her heart. Re- yeah, record tying four fighters miss weight. All right, let's move on to the main card. So uh, Grant Dawson got a third round rear naked choke versus Mark Madsen. Did you see this one? I did. So I'll just quickly what I noticed here. uh, Going into this, uh, Madsen, you know, he had that undefeated record. So many accolades. And I thought, okay. I was like, you know. But, like, he hadn't really super impressed me. Like, he was – he looked good. But I'm like, this doesn't look like the guy who's going to be, like, the next breakout star to me. Grant Dawson, on the other hand, wow. What a great game plan. I was kind of because he got caught with a punch by and right right in the opening was surprised me because I didn't think Madsen would honestly do that. I thought it'd just be wrestling, but he took it and he came right back. And the commentators, like they were so slick, they pointed it out to me too. Like, because I was like, man, he's beating him at wrestling. But Madsen is such a great Greco-Roman wrestling, and he's wrestling like the legs, and he's doing different things that they normally wouldn't do, like in Greco-Roman wrestling. And like you said, he gets to choke. Uh, this guy, Dawson, he's won so many in a row. Uh, he kind of hinted, I think he wants Tony Ferguson next. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I, I Grant Dawson, is he's one to watch for, I think. Yeah, I agree. He was super impressive. Um, like you said, impressive that he, he used wrestling to get that. He was uh, looking for praise from DC afterwards. Um, it, was a, it was a great fight. I, I'm not sure what uh, Madsen's ceiling is, like you were talking about last week. Mm-hmm. Um, but Grant is definitely one to keep an eye out for. Absolutely. So we'll move on to Tagir Ulanbekov. Uh, I got a first round guillotine versus Nathan Manis. You saw yes. this one? I did. And so we'll talk about our news item here a little bit too. And uh, like basically what I had wrote down is like right off the get, right off the gate, Minor throws that leg kick, gets checked, and he's hurting, and then he's clipped and he gets taken apart. And oh, that's, that's the next fight. That's the next fight. Okay. Talk- Tagir Ulanbekov oh. versus Nathan Manis. Yeah, that was the that fight. Highlighted. I'm an asshole. So, okay. Uh, Tagir, yeah, basically what I just noticed this one is that uh, his grappling, he just comes off really strong for me, like at a flyweight. Um, he just looked like he had complete control here for me. And uh, I'm interested to see what his ceiling is. I saw he has a loss from Tim Elliott. And Tim Elliott to me is one of those guys who, if you're not ready for on your game, he could always catch you. But, uh, yeah, interesting uh, to see where Tagir goes with this in the flyweight division. Yeah, Tagir uh, did what all Dagestani seemed to do, yes. and that's make the fight look really easy. Uh, Nathan is no slouch. He was coming down a weight class also, and he had a bunch of regional titles. So uh, he's a great fighter, but Tagir is another one to keep an eye out for. I just want to say how great it is that you're reading off these names. That's actually what threw me because I was like, oh, yeah, these names. Because <laughs> it's the next name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so this is the fight that had some controversy. This is Nurden Becky Shaylian. I uh, mm-hmm. got a first round TKO versus Derek Minner. Yes. 
Yes, and like I said, minute you know he throws that kick, he gets checked, and then he gets taken apart. Which to me was like that's unfortunate. It always is in these situations, and to me, it's always interesting because it's like you always say, "Oh well, you know, like you got to give." I was like, kind of like, yeah, I do, but this is also just doesn't happen enough where I consider it. You know, like like to me, it's kind of a still kind of a fluke thing in some ways, but that leads us into the news story. Right. So um, there, there is being an investigation into uh, the betting practices done right before this fight happened. Um, apparently, there was a huge amount of bets put on uh, Shea Leon to win within the first two rounds. So yes. it's possible that uh, it leaked out of out of the camp, which would be glory MMA with James Krause, um, that there was an injury to Minner beforehand before this fight. And, you know, people knew that there was a likelihood that he would not make it all the way through the fight. Um, so just a little background, James Krause, who we are huge fans of here. He has a podcast. He's very into betting on MMA fights. He says he's made more money betting than he did actually fighting in the UFC uh, with his picks. Might have so, been a bad time to say that, but go ahead. Right. So, um, you know, I don't think, uh, I don't want to believe that there was any nefarious betting activity. I can't see Kraus betting against his own guy. I mean, he was always came corner. off, always came off like a classy guy, but yes. But um, it's possible maybe that, you know, he told a couple of his buddies or whatever, you know, don't, you know, don't bet on this one. My guy's hurt. And then they mm. blabbed to somebody and that went on to everyone else. And there was a huge betting line. Also, um, I didn't hear this theory, but uh, it's possible because uh, his opponent is Chinese and there's such a huge population in China that they just bet at the last minute and swayed the line. Um, I was telling you before the podcast started that in the NBA, uh, when they used to do fan voting for the all-star game, um, Yao Ming was always the most voted for player every single year he played because all of China would vote for him. So it is possible that they just swayed a betting line by betting late. Um, yeah. Like I said, I don't think Kraus probably had any nefarious, uh, you know, betting that dealt with this, you know, I'm sure he knew ahead of time, maybe he told a couple guys and they blabbed, but we're going to find out with this investigation. I'm sure. Yeah. And it will be interesting to see what happens, but uh, I'm with you. I like to believe Kraus is uh, just a solid dude and it's probably just something uh, bad timing just to make that comment. That's all. Right. So we'll move on. Uh, Co-main event. Neil Magny gets a third round. Darce. Love me a Darce versus Daniel Rodriguez. Yeah, um, Magny puts on a great pace as always, constantly uh, moving. Ah, Rodriguez, D-Rod, this guy, does he not know how to throw like just a jab? Like everything, it looks like it's just power coming at you. And uh, he rocked Magny a few times, but uh, it was a back and forth fight to me. I It was interesting to watch because I thought Magny was getting the better in certain clinches, but I also thought D-Rod was hitting the more power punches. But then, you know, Magny does what he does. He eventually worked, got that takedown, and then got him to the ground. And then, like you said, he slipped in that beautiful Darce. 
Magny gets the win, gets the record for most wins at welterweight in the history of the UFC. Good for him, one of the good guys. Wants a fight with Gilbert Burns. I don't think that works out well for him. But on one hand, this guy's such a grinder. Gilbert's not fighting anybody. I'd like to see him get the fight. I believe that um, Gilbert said on Twitter that the UFC had mentioned a matchup right. for him. So, um, but nothing's been announced. So they could easily change that. Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, shout out to Neil Magny for setting that record. He, you know, passed the great GSP um, for 20 wins in the welterweight division. Absolutely impressive. Uh he looked great. I thought that Father Time might be coming for him before this fight. That's what I said. Uh, he looked as great as ever. He he did exactly what he always does. He relied on his cardio, his wrestling, and uh, used his experience, his fight IQ to get this win. So uh, good on him. D-Rod will be back yeah. dismantling somebody soon, I'm sure. Uh, just He's just a Terminator in there, but shout out I to Nick Magnum. I feel like D-Rod has a greater potential, too, in some ways. I feel like if he can just slow down, maybe tighten up some of his game and certain things, he just has that power. So, like, you know, like a few things. D-Rod could be more of a force, but it's just, man. It's only Go ahead. I was just going to say, I don't know how, like, like hats off from to keep the cardio that he does for just throwing those, that many haymakers. Right. I, I think that Neil Magny's been in the UFC longer than D Rod's been actually training MMA. So, right. um, you know, that's always going to be a tough matchup for him, but he definitely has potential for sure. Move on to the main event Amanda Limos, third round TK over Marina Rodriguez. So, one thing that was fascinating uh, about this to me first off, uh, congrats to Limos, great finisher. She does it again. But what uh, was interesting was the commentators, like Cormier in particular, was asking her about, you know, uh, maybe you're next for time. Why not you after Whaley and Sparza? And I thought, yes, Lemos has looked good. She's beaten everybody. But uh, about a fight, two fights before, she got stopped by Jessica Andras. So to me, Andras should be the one who's waiting for the winner of this matchup. I'd like to see Lemos fight Rose if Rose is going to keep fighting, which I think she is. And I think that would be an interesting matchup. Yeah, I agree 100% with you. Uh, Andrade should be next after this. And uh, and I also think Lemos and Rose is a great matchup. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's, let's go back. We just have one news thing to talk about. Um, just the fact that... Um, Shane Burgos had to pull out of his PFL debut against Marlon Marais due to injury. Um, he's being replaced by Shaman Marais. I don't know anything about the guy uh, personally, but bummer. I was looking forward to Shane Shane's debut for sure, and I, and I thought Marlon would be a good matchup, but I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm rooting for Marlon now. Me too. I want Marlon to do well, and I hope we get that matchup with Shane down the road. Yeah. All right, let's move on to what we're super excited for, USC 281, Adesanya versus Piera. Um, there's actually some fight pass prelims for this one. Uh, oh. They have some good names on there. Sung Woo Choi, Karolina Kovalkiewicz, uh, Matt Frivola, they're all on the fight pass prelims, but um, we won't go over all those fights. We'll just let's move on to the regular prelims, so. Um, I have Aaron Blanchfield versus Molly McCann. 
Um, Ooh. tough fight for Molly. Uh, I think Aaron's a 380 favorite or something like that. Wow. Um, but this is a big step up in competition for Molly. Excited to see how uh, how she looks. Um, you got any any thoughts on this one? My meatball Molly is one of those great like homers, like when they have the big you know UK fights, and she's great to have on that card. But this is where we're going to really see, like you know, without the favorable matchup, without the home field advantage, what she can do. I'm rooting for her. I like her a lot. Uh, but like you said, this is a big step up in competition. I don't even want to really pick this one. I'm happy. <laughs> we'll just we'll get to the like the other fights. But this one, I've definitely. Um, I don't know. I like Molly. I just something about me, Paul Molly. I just like her a lot. I don't want to really pick against her yet. Yeah, she's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on to Dominic Reyes versus yeah. Ryan Span. Um, they're not doing Reyes any favors after his nope. layoff. Uh, obviously, he had those two bad knockouts. Yeah. Um. And they're giving him a monster in Ryan Span. So yes. the, Reyes I, is the favorite. He's the fa- favorite, but um, and he's gonna have to worry about that ring rust. So I, I'm I'm not gonna make a pick in any of these prelims. But I will pick on this one. I, I don't. What, what, yeah, what do you I will. Think? Okay, so I, I like Reyes a lot. First off, and I'm uh, sensitive to this a little bit because, like you, I'm a fan of Gustafson. And I look at Reyes, he was just one of those guys that was so close to greatness, mm-hmm. and then he just didn't quite get it, you know, and then he got a couple bad losses after that, and it just seems like he hasn't been able to put it together. And I look at his matchup, and I want Reyes to do well, and I kind of want to root for him, but I feel like I've been down this road before. <laughs> and he might be the favorite, but I got Ryan Spann. I think Ryan Spann, I've talked about his podcast before. He's explosive. I just like the way this guy fights, and I think this will be a big night for Ryan Spann. I'm going to say Ryan Spann is going to catch him. TKO, probably round two. We'll if see. Ryan Spann wins, I, I think it'll be by TKO as well. So yeah. no, possibly another bad knockout for Reyes. Hopefully not. But um, The featured bout on the prelims, Brad Riddell versus Renato Moicano. It's almost guaranteed to be an exciting fight. Super yeah. good matchmaking on this one. Uh, and well-placed on the card to be the featured bout on the main event, or the co-main, I'm sorry, the featured bout on the prelims. Yeah, I'm looking at Mokano now. Um, I'm trying to remember. Like, he fought a lot at featherweight before, right? Yes. Yeah, I believe he did. Yeah. So he had a fight he lost against Dos Anjos. I don't doubt. Dos Anjos was not fighting at featherweight, obviously. So um, I don't know how much experience he has fight like, but I feel like, McConnell, he's took a little time off here, and um, oh man, Brad Riddell—he's <laughs> no slouch either, though. But I don't know. I like McConnell. I think there's something about him. Like I always like the pace, and I feel like he's one of those guys that keeps getting better. Now look at this. I got a little breaking news in the comments here. Yeah, excellent, excellent news. Breaking news says uh, producer Joe Kane Velasquez was granted bail and released. So uh, that's great news, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah, I got uh, I I get some people, you know, like what, but I hey, you know, I I sympathize. I get it. <laughs> right. Yeah. If that guy really did abuse Kane's daughter, then uh, I think he got away lucky, if you ask me. So. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's move on to the main card. It's absolutely fantastic card. We're starting off super hot. Uh, Dan Hooker versus Claudio Pulez. Pulez was one of the fighters. Um, that we put up an interview 
with cage my IQ had uh collaborated with us on so uh we we know about him so what do you got for us on these two guys all right claudio he's 12 and 2 he's uh got two ko's seven subs three decisions five fight win streak this guy uh, i think his only loss was in the ultimate fighter uh the latin ultimate fighter finale and he's basically he's just a well-rounded fighter uh dan hooker 21 and 12 10 ko's seven uh, subs four decisions uh, you look at this guy, he's got like performance of the night three times, fighting the night uh, twice, but he's on a two fight losing streak. And more importantly, he's lost four out of his last five tough opponents. But, you know, that's a problem sometimes, right? You get in that streak and you get in your head. And I feel like Claudio is just a guy who's mentally strong. And this is a tough, tough matchup for Hooker. Um, that being said, maybe I'm going with my heart. I, I like that Claudio was on our show. He's a good kid, but I like the hangman, Dan Hooker. So, uh, and Hooker's going to get it done. I said that he's going to get a finish. So, but late round three, TKO. All right. Yeah. So I agree with you on those things. Uh, Dan did lose four of five, but the, those four losses were to the top, top guys, you know, like Islam and Arnold Allen. So, um, you know, very tough matchups, but like you said, losing that can't be good for your mental state. Um, right. And Claudio is excellent, especially on the ground, especially with knee bars. Dan has very long legs. Uh, so, uh, you know, grappling is not his specialty either. So really he needs to keep this fight. He needs to stay disciplined, keep this fight at distance on the feet. Um, and hope that Claudio gets tired and he can land something explosive to TKO him. If that doesn't come around, I I honestly think he needs a win so bad that he should just keep distance and outpoint Claudio on the feet. Do anything mm. he can do to not let this fight go to the ground. He needs a win. Right. So if it's not the most exciting fight, he can be okay with that. Um, that being said, I think that's a big ask. I think Claudio gets his hands on Dan eventually at hmm. some point and if he gets it down uh Dan doesn't have the best um you know discipline right. as far as getting up either I, I think he just wants to stand up and I think when he does that in one of these scrambles Claudio's going to snatch a leg and put some sort of leg lock on him I'm going to say round 2 Claudio You may get me sad and uh, I'm, I'm making myself sad Yeah I mean, I'm gonna, I'm going to probably agree with you then too um all right, yeah, I'll change my pick. God damn it. I don't do this often, but I do think I want to believe in my heart and the hangman, but yeah, I do think Claudio, it makes a lot of sense. It has to go to the ground at some point. Uh round two submission. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was tactical about that fight. I will absolutely pick with my heart on this one. So we're gonna <laughs> go with Frankie Edward Edgar versus Chris Gutierrez. This is Frankie Edgar's last fight. It's gonna be at MSG. What do you got for us? I, you know, I could go over Frankie's records and stuff. I really don't have to. Uh, I'll just say tied for the most bonuses in UFC history. Former lightweight champion. The guy's a legend. Uh, Christo, he's 18, 4 and 2. Uh, eight KOs, one subs, nine decisions, won six out of his last seven. I believe one of those was a draw, too. Mm-hmm. So something tells me we're not trying to do Frankie any favors here. Um, it's not like the UFC to do people favors on the way out, but. Uh, I see this could be a competitive fight. I don't think uh, 
you know, looking at his record, like I don't know. I, I don't think Chris is going to like necessarily knock out Frankie, but I do think he's going to do enough to win a decision. So I think, uh, unfortunately, Frankie does not get it done, although I will be rooting for him. If there's an MMA god, he will let Frankie win this fight. Um, <laughs> Chris is nasty on the feet, so maybe Frankie can work in his wrestling to, you know, keep Chris guessing or, you know, just hold him down and tire him out a little bit. I'm I'm hoping the MSG home crowd can yeah. uh, get Frankie to that next level uh, for his last fight. I'm going to say he gets a decision win, shows up on the big stage, and he gets a decision win. You know, you soured me on Hangman. I already picked against Reyes. I'm just going <laughs> to – nobody's going to be sipping from me now. You know? <laughs> it's all over. Frankie's losing. Uh, his next fight, Poirier and Chair. I love both of these guys. I'll tell you, though, if I, if I had to pick who I would want to win, I'll let you say what you got to say first, but yeah. All right, so uh, possibly fight of the night here, Ooh. Dustin Poirier versus Michael Chandler. I'll let you go first. I mean, if we were just doing this by name value, no no disrespect to the ladies. This is the main event. Um, Chandler, former Bellator uh, champion in the UFC, such a short time. He's already had two performances of the night and a fight of the night. Um, 23-7, uh, 11 KOs, seven subs, five decisions. Poirier, an absolute legend, too. It's a crime. This guy has not had a title yet. 28, 7 and 1, 14 KOs, 7 subs, 7 decisions. He's won three out of his last four, two of those against Conor McGregor. Mm-hmm. Um, I bring that up because we don't know what that really means anymore. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. And that's not even a knock against Conor. We just don't know because like yeah. he hasn't had another opponent, really. So um I loved I love both these guys, but I love Dustin just a little bit more. Because Dustin, to me, has just been in the grinding in the UFC just a little bit more, just a tad bit more, and I really am sentimental towards Dustin. But like I said, I got no heart this weekend, so I say Chandler's going to clip him. He's going to catch him, and he's going to get the win, and Chandler uh, knows how to do it on the big stage. So uh, Michael Chandler uh, clips him uh, probably around. Yeah, this could, it could happen anytime, I, and I think it will be a good fight. But I'll say round three, and this will be fight tonight as well. Both of these guys sat Oliveira down while he was the champion. Right, um, they were that close to being champions themselves, but couldn't get it done. But um, it's super, super hard to pick this fight. Not just because they match up so well, but because I love both guys. Um, I was a huge fan of Chandler when he was in Bellator. Um, he was probably my favorite fighter in Bellator at the time when he was there. So, uh, obviously I would give Chandler the, the power advantage. I would give Poirier the technical advantage. I give Poirier the, you know, grappling jujitsu. I give, uh, Chandler the wrestling. Yes. Um, So I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm really excited for this fight. I don't. I really don't know if I could pick someone, but I am expecting this to be fight of the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just hope it's fairly evenly matched. I don't want it to be, you know. Uh, I hope it goes the full three rounds uh, or very close to it. I don't want to see someone get knocked out in the first fifteen seconds and we get robbed of a great fight. Yeah, and anything can happen because they are both super talented fighters, and they both know how to win. Uh, I would say Dustin, too, even though like, I didn't pick him, obviously, here. I think he's a little more dangerous, like in those clints 
situations too. Um, he's more yeah, well-rounded for sure. He is more well-rounded, but man, Chandler just got that power and he's got that explosive uh, well, double leg takedown. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, I feel like Dustin's just had too many wars, not that Chandler hasn't, but just more wars going into this. And I feel that's where this could be a little different. That being said, I like Chandler, but I'm a Poirier guy out of the two. So we'll see. I, so I, I hope the fight doesn't go this way necessarily, but I see Chandler susceptible to leg kicks. He has, you know, been hurt by leg kicks multiple times. I mean, he also kicks very hard, but he's been hurt, um, like dead legged by leg kicks. So I'm hoping that Poirier doesn't lean on that, go for the leg kicks. Chandler times him and, you know, cracks him with some overhand right and knocks him out. Um, because like you said, Dustin has been through a lot of wars at this point, and I, I don't want to see his chin tested against uh, no. Chandler's knockout power. So that's a possibility of how the fight goes. I, I hope we just get a great fight. I know that's a cop-out, but... Yeah, I think if Poirier does lose this one, though, this could be his last fight, too. It's very possible, yeah. I mean, if he's not getting a title, I don't see a lot of other money fights to keep him around, so... Absolutely. All right, we'll move on to the co-main event. Our yes. first title bout of the night, Carla Esparza versus Zhang Wei Li. Okay, let's talk about this. Uh, Zhang Wei Li, uh, 11 KOs and 7 subs out of 22 fights. So that's only four times she's gone to decision. She's only lost three times. Uh, I want to say both are to Rose and the UFC, and then she had a loss early in her career. Carla Spaza, Spaza. I was not, I thought her winning the title, I'm not trying to insult this woman. I mean, God bless her. I think she's had a Hall of Fame career, but I thought it was more what Rose didn't do that night. I thought Rose didn't show up. That being said, 19 and 6, 4 KOs, 4 subs, 11 decisions, 6 fight win streak, and she was the initial strawweight uh, champion to begin with, right? So she's the initial champ. She won the ultimate fighter that season to get this title, and then she, she beat turned- Rose. She and she Rose, Rose. Yep. yeah, yeah, and now and now she's just done it again. That being said, I don't like this matchup for her. Even like you know, even like if I want to believe that like that was her just putting Rose out of her game last time, and I think some of it was. This is I don't like this matchup at all. Zang like looked awesome. Like in her rematch with Rose, it was razor thin. She looked like a much better, and it was a lot of it. I think was training with Cejudo. And the wrestling, we're seeing her pick up uh, Francis, joking around, and Francis talking about her power. Oh, and by the way, that's her grappling. That was like her, you know, like the part she would have had a problem with. Stand up. I don't think this is even a close matchup when you talk about that power of Wei Zing. I like Wei Zing. I think she's going to get it done. I think uh, Asparza is tough and she's been around. So I think she'll avoid getting knocked out super early. By that, I mean round one, but I think by round two. This is going to be uh, all Whaley, and I think she's going to put it on. And, I, you know, she saw what she did with Jacek, too. Um, she's got head kicks, too. So uh, I like Whaley as a new champ here. Yeah, so I agree with everything you've said. Uh, if Zhang has continued to work on her wrestling with Cejudo, then I wouldn't be surprised if she stuffs a couple takedowns and then KOs Carla in the first round. Um, if Carla wants to win, I think... She- the only way she wins is she has to do exactly what she did against Rose, which is basically no action. Don't engage at all. And, you know, get lucky with some takedowns, you know, to, 
eke out to point out rounds. I don't think that's going to happen because Zhang is going to come forward. She, Carla will not be able to run away from Zhang the whole fight. And she can't avoid her power. And she's not as fast as her. And she's not as strong as her. Um, I think it's going to be a rough night in the office for Carla. Um, she seems like a very nice person. She is a great fighter. I just think this is a terrible matchup for her. So I, I think we're going to see Zhang as a champ. First round KO. Brutal KO probably too. <laughs> I mean, I was probably being kind. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I uh, I don't like this matchup at all for uh, Carla. All right, so we'll move on to the main event, the story uh, mm-hmm. of uh, 281, Israel Adesanya versus Alex Pereira. All right, so Pereira, 6-1, and one, five KOs, one decision. Uh, this guy's a former glory uh, light heavyweight champion, uh, 2015, he was the WGB kickboxing middleweight champion. I bring those up because that's the big story of this fight is that he holds a couple of victories in kickboxing over Stylebender, including one big knockout. Mm-hmm. Now, Stylebender, 23-1, and one, 15 KOs, 8 decisions. This is interesting. Uh, although it wasn't completed on America's trusted news source, Wikipedia, he was 75-5 and five in kickboxing and 6-1 and one in boxing. I bring that up because... It's like over 110 combat fights Stylebender has had. Um, and he broke this down on the UFC countdown show. And um, if you look at the fight, uh, he thought he did enough to win the first decision. And he looked surprised that he lost. And even uh, Pereira looked surprised that he won. And ended up going to Brazil. And there was a point where Stylebender was rocked him. And they gave Pereira an eight count, which Stylebender felt they did to give by him some time. And said, then he knew he was behind, and then he came out with some gusto, and he caught him, and he's a totally different guy. Okay, even if you don't believe that, I think the story always comes off. It sounds like, ah, Pierre just kicked his ass, knocked him out, yeah. and these weren't like close fights. I don't think that was the case at all. Now, uh, I think Stylebender has, he's done the work. Uh, what I mean by that is, I'm not saying Pereira hasn't done the work, but he's 6-1. and one. Uh, that's seven fights as opposed to the 23 and one style bender. And if you look at all those wins, they're all by knockouts. He hasn't fought the competition of a style bender. He hasn't done nowhere near the work. Now he is training with Glover and I do believe he's one of those Glover. I don't think if you work with Glover, my guess is, you know, he's pushing you and he's trying to make you the best. And so I do think he's probably attempting to do the work, but he just hasn't had the opportunity to do that as much. Now, so if you look at all that, and I'm, this is kind of a long way to say this, Stylebender should win this fight. He's the overall better round MMA, fire, MMA fighter. There's no reason, like, this should probably not even be really close when you look at the experience difference in MMA. That being said, and I am picking Stylebender, by the way, I do want to say the whole crazy part about this is the way Izzy likes to fight and the way you hear Styles make fights I feel like Izzy's going to make this a harder matchup than he has to. And I could totally see him getting clipped because I think he's going to want to strike with him. Um, And I don't think he's afraid to strike with him. I think it's what he likes to do. And he's got a lot of confidence. Uh, That being said, there's a different type of MMA striking. I like Stylebender. I like him to get it done. And uh, I have a feeling this is going to be one of those nights um, he's going to catch him. And uh, I think he's going to do what he did to Paulo Costa. And he's going to finish him early. Um, could end up being exciting. The possibility is there, but I think the safe money's on Stoutbender. All right. All right. So obviously we know the history between these two and we've seen how powerful Alex has been in the UFC. 
Um, but I think casuals seem to have forgot about Izzy. Um, I, I know he's had a couple boring fights lately, but Alex is going to press into Izzy. He is a counter striker. Um, and that's where he does his best work is when people are trying to march him down. So I, I think we're actually going to see the Izzy of old during this fight. Uh, we're going to see the best version of him. So I, I imagine Izzy stays safe the first couple rounds. Uh, he gets Piera's timing down. Um, and then as Alex starts to tire a little bit, because he hasn't been outside of three rounds uh, in MMA yet, um, as he tires a little bit, I think you'll see Izzy land a bit more. And once he hurts him, he's going to follow him up with a combo and finish him like he did Paul Acosta. I, I uh, wasn't quite sure if we were going to agree on this one or not. So I'm glad that I'm glad that we did. So I'm, I think he's good. He needs to stay safe. Um, but I'll say he gets a, a round four TKO for Izzy. Uh, also, I would love for him to get some monster takedown and then just mm. stand up <laughs> and just, you know, stand over him and say, you know, this isn't kickboxing or some shit like that. You know, I, he'll probably phrase it better, but I would love to see some of that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm hoping that, you know, we see classic Izzy, uh, the reason why he's the number one draw in the UFC at the moment. I, I hope he gets back to that. Yeah. Um, I agree. And, uh, I think we agreed on everything except for, um, Frankie, Frankie. Yeah. You want me to sentimental. Yeah. So, we got a buddy, uh, buddy Scott, who's going to be there, and uh, he might even be a little, might get a little heat with him. I know because <laughs> he wants Frankie to win bad, but uh, yeah, I, and I, I hope he does. I don't know. I just have a feeling it's going to be one of those nights. We'll see what happens. All right, yeah, super, super exciting card. Very hyped for it. One of the best cards we've had in a while. So we're looking forward to that. So get into the schedule. So November nineteenth, UFC Fight Night, Lewis versus Spivak. That's going to be a four p.m. card, also. So we're looking forward to that. And then November 26th, no UFC, so we'll be previewing UFC, or I'm sorry, previewing the 2022 PFL champions uh, championships, headlined by Kayla Harris and whoever she's going to murder. <laughs> um, uh, Kayla Harrison and whoever she's going to murder. And then December 3rd, the UFC's back with uh, Wonder Boy versus Kevin Holland. Welcome back, Kevin. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Enjoy UFC 281 this week, and we'll see you next week here at the Combat Cast. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling Wrestling underscore pod. And then, as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 